listening to the Pasco Podcast with Mike Carvalho. Welcome to Season 3 of Pasco Podcast, a series about leadership and public service. We'd like to thank our sponsors, the nearly 600,000 people of Pasco County, as represented by the Board of County Commissioners. It's through their trust and empowerment of our workforce and leadership team that we're able to bring you this podcast. This podcast is designed to help public servants build leadership skills and leverage them for success by sharing the experiences of our peers. Hi, I'm Mike Carballa. Welcome to our 24th episode of Pasco Podcast. Joining us today from our Public Infrastructure Fiscal and Business Administration team is Director Justin Grant and Assistant Director Mara McMillan. Justin, Mara, thanks for joining us. How are you guys doing today? Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having Excellent. us. No trouble finding the place? Oh, uh, no. Been here many times. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, as you know, we talk about uh, leadership topics, uh, especially for those in, in, in public service, really. And, and you guys have been around Pasco County for, for quite a while. You know, I think, Justin, I think you were here when, when, I, was, mm-hmm. when I was hired yep. uh, originally. Right yeah. Um, so why don't you talk to us a little bit about your leadership philosophy? Sure. Sure. So when I've thought about leadership philosophy, uh, it centers around three things, right? Integrity, purpose, and teamwork. Um, so integrity, obviously, right? Everybody knows the definition of that, doing the right thing, even when no one's looking, right? And so you want to lead by example and do that for your team. Um, you know, purpose, uh, obviously, former county administrator, Dan Bowles, right? Has people, purpose, performance. That's been a fanta- fantastic mantra that's kind of been adopted throughout the organization. And obviously, when you have purpose, uh, even before he said that, right, and you've heard Simon Sinek, he always says to start with why type thing. Um, I've always wanted to explain folks why they're doing what they're doing, right? So when you have folks that are doing, whether it's a very clerical type task or something much more high level, right, explaining the reason is why we're, what we're doing, who it's serving, what the larger mission is, breeds more engagement, right? They're more engaged, there's higher productivity, um, and it helps them understand kind of what, what that mission is. Um, teamwork, obviously it's not about the we, it's about the, you know, or it's about, not about the I, it's about the we, um, you know, we're a team driving towards a bigger mission. So it's exciting. Awesome. Maura, anything to add to that? No, I mean, I think just to highlight on the people first, I think it's something that, um, impressed me from day one when Dan Biles came in and spoke to orientation and said, you know, people, purpose, performance, and emphasize that. And I think you... And uh, Dan Biles before you, you know, certainly, well, you, when your role up at public infrastructure and now as county administrator, um, have certainly always stressed that with us and really exemplified it. So for me, that really is where it starts. Yeah. We don't get things done without our people, right? So when did you first realize that you wanted to lead people? I think in, uh, in, High school, I really had made the decision to pursue a career in the public sector. And then, high school, wow. Yeah. That's early on. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, there was a lot going on internationally, if you recall. I mean, I graduated from high school in 1990. And so it was the era of Perestroika and Soviet mm-hmm. Union. And um, so I actually traveled to Soviet Union uh, for over as a student ambassador and was there for a few months between my junior and senior years of high school. And then, so I knew that public sector and government was where I wanted to be. And I think then in college, um, there were summers where I worked for our local county. And that's when it really solidified my desire to pursue a graduate degree in public administration and to work as part of a team in a public sector goal and taking the responsibilities that would come with being in a manager role. So 
Fantastic. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about public service right now? I think that it's um, seeing the fruits of our labor going out into the community, understanding the impacts that we have on the community and, and the people uh, that we serve, I think is really um, an understanding. I mean, just this morning, there was uh, the news about um, the water crisis in Mississippi, I believe it was. And it just got me very grateful as I was driving in for all the work that is done by utilities and, and the men and women in it um, on a day-to-day service, day-to-day basis to provide us with safe water, safe drinking water. Fantastic. So. Justin, you, you're no stranger to public service. Talk yes, to sir. us a little bit about that. Yes, sir. So, um, yeah, the, I mean, the original question, when, when did you... Um, first thing about leadership, I remember being a kid and, and gosh, my, my oldest daughter's five right now. And so I remember at that age, my dad always telling me, be a leader, not a follower. Right. And, and constantly being encouraged, Hey, stand for something, be in front of the pack, um, and lead and being, and I've always been very comfortable doing so. And, um, my dad had a long career in, in public service. And so, um, you know, I've kind of followed in that, that same set of footsteps and, and been very comfortable doing the same thing. And, like Moore said, right? You get to have an impact. Um, you know, you look at a lot of times, and, and folks will ask you, "Oh, you know, oh, you work in government, right? What is that like?" Um, you know, and a lot of times, what in the news and things like that, things are much more at the national level and the federal level. And and I'm always able to say, "Hey, I'm excited, and I love working in the the local level, right? Because you have an impact, right? You actually get to see, and you're closer to the ground level, right? Your altitude's a little bit lower." you influence in the decisions that you make, the things that your teams do, um, the agendas that we're bringing before the board every week and, and the actions that they take have direct impacts on our community, right? Which is why I love our, our mission, right? Um, we have a direct impact on those kind of things. So it's exciting. That's fantastic. And I like too how you guys tie together leadership and service because leadership ultimately is is about service to those that we're, we're charged with with uh, looking out after, you know, if you will. And then of course the public, the mission is, is always fantastic. You know, you, you mentioned your father uh, and I, I don't know if, if he was the biggest influence on your decision or not, but uh, let's talk a little bit more about influences in your lives. Sure, pull sure. A little more? Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, dad was a, a huge influence on, uh, on leadership and and uh, his long and distinguished career was uh, certainly a great example of what I can follow in. And, and um, you know, I did time in public and private finance. And I remember making, remember making that transition back and having a long conversation with him and going, okay, right, this is kind of the, that pivotal point. And then, you know, right at that pivotal point where I had the choice to go back to private banking and private finance, uh, I chose to come to Pasco, right? And, uh, you know, thank, uh, is very blessed that I made that decision, right? Great, great advice. And, uh, from dad and, and of course, prayed on that a lot and, and have had a great career here for, uh, gosh, going on eight years. You and I came in uh, right around the same time. So um, he was a great influence, but you know, you also have other things where you have some great leaders, right? I had the, the, the exceptional opportunity to work for a visionary professor at USF when I was over there and so led one of the colleges there. Um, doctor, right? Very cerebral, but um, just amazing altitude, amazing vision across the organization. So learning a lot from that on how we apply that vision and got that both from your extremely academic uh, type folks to your folks that were in the business office doing clerical work, right? And everybody buying into that mission. Mm -hmm. Conversely, right? You also are shaped by the negatives, right? By the folks that are not, right? They're the examples of what you don't want to embody when you get to leadership positions, right? Um, and so, you know, when you, when you, get asked the question, who is that most influential person in leadership? Um, you know, leaders are always folk are always shaped by a number of different experiences. Mm -hmm. So it's usually not just one. Oh, 
Fantastic. Fantastic. So Maury, you mentioned some of your early influence were actually world events that, that yeah. we, we probably shared around the same same time period. Yeah. Uh, any particular people or, or individuals, good or bad, that influenced? I think over the course of my career, just professionally speaking, it's really been an amalgamation of um, the fabulous mentors over the years. And from each person, I've learned um, taken some very significant lessons that have then helped me in the next phase. So, um, I, so yeah, so it's really been this amalgamation. So I've really been blessed with talking about, you know, talking about being blessed, blessed with, um, having worked with a number of fabulous people over the years. So, um, so I'd say that I said, it's it, taking a lot from a, you know, a variety of people around you. A lot of different you. places there. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's fantastic. You mentioned lessons. Maybe mm -hmm. we can talk a little more specifically about some lessons, successes, good or even bad that, uh, that perhaps you've, you've learned over the years. Um, well, I think the greatest lesson is to understand that we're all human and, mm -hmm. uh, that we, despite our best efforts, will from time to time certainly make mistakes. And, um, and I have certainly, over the years, grown to accept my own mistakes. I know one of my early uh, mentors taught me very much about, you know, not letting perfection be the enemy of good, right? That old saying. And um, I had always been a very, very much a perfectionist and a workaholic. And, um, and so over time understood that I couldn't balance work and life and everything and serve my, you know, serve teams well, if I was, if that was what I was always striving for is perfection and nobody is perfect. So, um, I think that that's been one of the greatest lessons mm -hmm. to really accept and learn and pass on. And I reiterate it to the team all the time that we're all human. We'll all support each other. Anytime, you know, someone um, accidentally makes a mistake, we get together. And if that happens, we will fix it. We will figure it out and learn from it and, um, and go from there. And, and you hit it right. I mean, mistakes are about, about learning. And if you mm -hmm. don't empower folks, to move forward and to make a mistake, it's it's like teaching a child to walk, right? You you've got to let folks walk and fall in order for them to really learn to walk and run and eventually do all kinds of other great things. So that's fantastic, Justin. Same same question back to you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, drawing on something more said, uh, be humble, right? Mm -hmm. um, absolutely, and just being a human and going through leadership roles and being trusted with a lot of responsibility, you have to be humble, right? Um, and, and be humble, not just for yourself and your own actions, but for your team, right? And we always talk about one of the tenets of, of great leaders, right? That they, um, they're willing to accept, you know, the responsibility for whatever's going on with the team, right? And so, um, be able to do that, um, praise them in public, right? And if you ever have to kind of go through and have those learning moments, you do that in private, right? And you work through those kind of things. And, um, the other thing that, that it's something that actually you and I talked about quite a bit, uh, when we're working together over in public infrastructure, um, make complex things simple, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, we're in, you know, I know, uh, you know, certainly watched the last podcast with you and Dan and, and, you know, surprise, right? It was a leadership conversation, you know, first and foremost, but you guys are both technical folks. And I love Dan's kind of preface coming in. And I think about some of the nature of what we do, right? We're, we're numbers folks, right? That's what we're responsible doing um, and going through. And it's very easy to kind of fall into those details and get very complex. And you may know all the answers and spend hours analyzing things and, and in the war room with your team and all the different scenarios. But uh, when you leave that war room and you've got to explain that to other audiences, whether that's the public, it's the board, it's whoever, um, 
make complex things simple. Don't try and talk above things, um, no matter what your role is, whether you know, you're know you a director or you're just coming in and starting your career, right? Try and take those things and say them in a, in a way that you would say to your, you know, your 10 or 11 year old cousin, right? And say, hey, here's what this means. Yeah, I think I think Colin Powell said that leaders are great simplifiers, and to be able yeah. to to distill the complex, or I mean, every issue is complex that we deal with, even at local government. And I agree with with everything that you're saying. It's it's far more rewarding. You see a lot more of what's going on at the ground level, and you impact better. Um, but but being able to distill information. And, and break it down to its core essence. And then really you reflect that against your, your, your strategic uh, plan, your mission, your values, and kind of cuts to the chase. And you can really make, uh, make the complex um, work and make, make better decisions that way. Um, you know, Stephen Covey talks about sharpening the saw. And so as leaders, it's, it's important that we, we continue to um, sharpen our leadership skills, if you will. Uh, what, what steps have you made personally uh, to, to kind of keep your, your leadership skills sharp? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, first, I'm, I'm thankful, as I'm sure most of the world and our organization is, that, that, that COVID is starting to enter a different phase and we're starting to have a lot more personal interaction. Uh, I know a lot of us were missing a lot of those things. And I've had the, the fortunate opportunity to serve um, in a number of different organizations, one of which is FGFOA. So I was the president of the local chapter. And so really enjoy being able to bring that group back together, have physical meetings, right? Uh, go to conferences, do those kind of things, have those you know intellectual discussions over food and drink and things like that, and discuss different thoughts and ideas and, and leadership uh, situations, right? And kind of learning, okay, great, you've handled this situation in a certain way and and getting their thoughts and opinions on those kind of things. Um, so professional organizations, I've also had the opportunity, right, actually to, to go with you guys to FCCMA, and that's been fantastic, um, you know, dealing with other profession professionals in the industry uh, and learning from them and doing that. Yeah, professional associations are good for that, Absolutely. and, and they, they keep you focused on things. How about you, Maura? Yeah, well, I think definitely, you know, post-COVID, we are right. trying to get back have training and, and going and even coming from Land Lakes over here to Newport Ritchie more often and to take advantage team is definitely taking advantage, um, sorry, take advantage more and more of training opportunities. And I think for um, personally, it's, it's, I am trying to make sure that I explore those opportunities and set aside time for them. So blocking out time to make sure that it's prioritized. Um, and keeping my eye out for um, not only the the uh, more established kind of training and the formalized training, but also just keeping my ears out around us and learning from the professionals that come into the office and, um, and, and are sharing what they've learned. So it's kind of keeping an eye out, ear out for um, new approaches and uh, continuing to listen to other team members and learning from them and uh, also and just and being adaptive to their needs so yeah i really i really like what you said there especially about learning from others mm -hmm. right i mean you know we we often sit here and we we look up at these uh revered idols of of leadership and oh, well, what can we learn about this what can we learn from this person and really in your own teams we've got people formal or informal in terms of leaders that that work for us work with us side by side and you can learn something from anyone um you know and 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 that's 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 really awesome um within your teams obviously we talk about deepening the bench identifying and and, and getting the next uh, the, the next group to sort of take our places i mean we just kind of just 
even in public infrastructure right now, a little bit of a little bit of a vacuum as, as people get promoted and we and we move on. Uh, talk to me a little bit, Justin, about how you identify and raise leaders within within your uh, your department. Sure, absolutely. I think it goes back to um, purpose, right? So we talk a lot about the people, purpose, performance, and, and the purpose being folks understanding kind of why they're doing what they're doing. You can easily identify the folks. Um, I say easily, but um, you have that gut kind of feeling that when you're dealing with certain folks, you can see the passion, you can see where their heart lies and where they want, they really want to be there, right? And the folks that are, are there for public service for the right reasons. Um, and, and they constantly ask the question of why, right? And so something that, uh, it's an old proverb, there's Bible verses that are related to it as well, right? But uh, we talk a lot of in the office and Morris heard me say this probably a number of times, right? Teach people to fish, right? So, um, you know, you know the old, old proverb that says, right, you give a man a fish, you feed them for a day, right? You teach a man to fish, you feed them for a lifetime. And so um, you see those folks that that have that drive, that want to serve and want to do those things, they want to learn to fish, right? And so it's kind of our job as leaders in our office to teach those folks to fish, teach them both the technicals, but also teach them leadership as we're learning from them, they're learning from us and doing those kind of things. When you have the, those type of relationships, those folks are, are the ones that start to get, as you say, deep in the bench, be ready for that next level of public service. Fantastic. More through your experiences. Uh, well, I would say, you know, part of, you know, just tacking on to what Justin was just saying, in terms of identifying leaders on the team, it's making sure that we're keeping our eyes out um, and really listening to what they're saying. So seeing that though them, all team members step up on a daily basis and take leadership in addressing either smaller challenges that just happen to come up in an office setting or larger, you know, kind of cross branch, you know, branch or cross county issues. But I think it's just being mindful and paying attention to all of their actions so that we can identify, you know, even those those things that just naturally happen. And I, in that way, I think that leaders almost identify themselves for you. Like if you're really being mindful of that, they will step up and then and they will just by their actions um, identify themselves as the ne as the next generation leader. And then it's just up to us to to keep fostering that and to allow for opportunities and and encourage people to take the time and you know out of the day to go and, and do those trainings or to c talk to mentors in the branch outside of the branch. One thing that we've been talking about is you know encouraging mentors across you know, from, you know, either in other departments or throughout, you know, and throughout the county, just um, reaching out and, and trying to do that. So that's what I think in terms of fostering that from our team going forward. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fantastic. And it's um, raising, raising those folks up and, and giving them the encouragement and uh, the confidence sometimes that, that they need to step up. I mean, all people, I think, uh, like I said, it, it, at all levels, we lead. Mm -hmm. whether, whether we're in a formal leadership position or not. Um, but, but for those that, that, you know, really want to try to, you know, come up and do those things, it's given them the encouragement, uh, to really know that, uh, that they can do it, you know, if, if they, if they want to do it. If it's given that encouragement. And I think it's something that, that you and Dan both have talked a lot about. And, and, and Mike, I'll compliment you. You embodied it when we were in public infrastructure. 
giving the autonomy, right, for those folks to do those things, right? So Dan talked a lot about pushing the decisions down to the lowest level, right? Um, and so, you know, I compliment, I, I loved you, you know, the, the relationship we had, right, when you were uh, assistant county administrator in public infrastructure, uh, we were given the autonomy for, for more and I to do what we needed to do. To run the department. It's just because I didn't know what you were doing. I just, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, you guys, yeah, but you guys understood. Sure. Understood, you know, you get out of the way. You let sure. people do their jobs. Well, it, it's, it, that's, that's part of fostering and building leadership, right? Giving, giving folks the trust, right? And giving them that, that autonomy to say, hey, go be that subject matter expert, go run these kind of things, right? I trust you to do that. And that gives that, we talk a lot about, you know, all the things that that foster engagement kind of get behind that. That is one of the biggest things, in, in my opinion, right? That that gets employees engaged, knowing that they're trusted and that they have the autonomy to go make certain decisions, go do their job and go, I'm the closest to what the technicals are on this item. Here's what I recommend, right? Here's David Marquette, mm -hmm. right? I right. intend to do, right? Mm -hmm. I intend to do this, not what do I do, right? And so when you see that kind of thing, you see some of those leaders like you're talking about more that start to step forward and, and you give them that opportunity, you give them that trust, you give them that autonomy and they start doing that, they present themselves, right? And then that's the opportunity where we go, okay, great, let's develop this. Let's build that relationship. Let's work together and, and develop you to the next step. Empower them and they will show themselves. Fantastic. Uh, any tools or wisdom that you'd like to share based on your experiences? Uh I think overall, just um, as leaders for us to be kind and mindful, uh, getting back to the people first, right? But that people have um, a lot going on in, and are facing, could be challenge, facing challenges um, either in, at work or at home that we need to be mindful of. So, um, so I think yeah, pa being patient and kind is really important. And Bob I Chapman talks about treating them like family, mm -hmm. right? You bring your whole self to work and, um, you know, we recognize that you're not just a resource sitting here to go do work, right? You're a living, feeling person that while we spend 40 plus hours a week together, 300 and, or 52 weeks a year, um, there's still a life that goes on outside of that. And, and understanding that human side is, is very, very important. Justin? Yeah. So, so I'll give one technical and one non-technical, right? Mike, Mike laughs. I, I can't not do a technical, right? He can't help right? himself, can he? Um, All right. You know, but the technical one being, you know, um, when you're leading, right? What is, what is one of the number one things? We, we just did a SWAT with our office, right? And our team, um, and constantly trying to focus on improvement, right? Um, and go through those kind of things. And what, no matter whether it's public service or it's private, you know, um, one of the main things that's always mentioned is communication, how to get better, right? And communication is always one of those things that that's an opportunity, it's a threat. It always kind of lands in those two boxes and varying degrees of, of importance. And, and so one of the things that we really try and work on uh, with our team and then we advise for other leaders is be clear and intentional with your communication, right? And so one of the big tenants that we have, right, I know in our branch and in our office is um, have agendas, right? And one of the things that um, is really important for folks when they want to be as respectful as they can of each other's time, right? Is trying to be purposeful about meeting together and working on different things, whether that's something super complex or something relatively simple, right? Um, have an agenda, outline it uh, well. So folks are, are being respectful of each other's time and doing those kind of things. Um, and the other thing is be genuine, right? You talked a lot, we've talked a lot about being humble and being, you know, recognizing that folks are human. Um, you know, the, the, it's been said a number of different ways, right? That some of the greatest leaders are the ones that that people would follow, even if they're not 
in the position of power, mm-hmm. right? And so you don't get to be that way unless you're genuine and you generally make folks pe- folks care, know that you care about them and have conversations and how are your family, how's your kids, how are those kind of things going and recognize that it's not just about coming in and building a budget or, or you know, filling work orders and doing those kind of things. So... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and like you say, meaning it, being genuine about sure. it. You know, it's one thing I can check the box and ask you, sure. how, how are your kids today? It's, it's sure. another thing. You tell me something about your kids and maybe I follow up on that later in the week. Hey, is your daughter still Absolutely. sick? How's that going? Absolutely. You know, those types of things. So again, it's about treating people like people and and, and like family because we are, we are together long enough. So I don't know. Anything else you guys want to add? Parting shots? No. Well, what, what's your what's your biggest goal here, taking on the new role? Uh, well, right now it is uh, it is uh, being a sponge, guys. I'll be honest with you. Uh, it is it's one of these things where you you realize that there is a lot out there. I mean, even even today, you know, I've, I've met with a lot of public safety folks, learning that learning that learning a lot about uh, homeless things, things that go beyond what what we did in public infrastructure, and I'm I'm simply amazed simply amazed at the amount of, of reach and work that we do here in this county. And so, yeah, right now it's, it's still soaking it all in technically third week on the job. And, uh, but, uh, it's fantastic. I, I, I haven't looked back and, and it's great. I miss working with you guys though. I miss seeing you guys in the morning. Same, that, same. That, Absolutely. Uh, that part is there. So, well, Hey, Justin, thank you. Maura, thank you for joining us. Uh, it was great to have you guys here and, uh, we'll see you again. Uh, special thanks to our media relations team who makes this effort possible. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Pasco Podcast. I'm Mike Carballa. We'll see you next time. For more information on Pasco County government, please visit mypasco.net and check us out on Facebook and Twitter.